Hey everybody! Um, if you're still listening to us, um, wow, cool, Congrats. that's nice. I don't know how you made it through all the, all the pee bottle talk that you're gonna hear in this episode. God damn. Um, but no. it's been a year. It's been this is a 50 second episode. I know it's not been like it's been more than a year, but that's a year's worth of episode. We did it for a year. Holy shit, guys! I'm retired that's now. This is the longest I've ever stuck with anything. All, that's also true for me, and I am also quitting today. This is both it. of you have both of you have bachelor's degrees. That's objectively not true. Yeah, no, I Actually, quit that a this... bunch of times. I just did never quit it for long enough for it to take. Uh, they, I, I don't know. I'm just really you know, proud no of one, us. I actually don't. No one ever asks to see it. So you know. you're like that guy in suits. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I printed out of this out, and now I'm yeah, here. Really, though, how many jobs have you applied for where you say you have a degree and someone says, well, can I see it? Never. You can lie about that. Well, you don't need a degree. Not, no, no, no. <laughs> they, they actually, they actually like, want to know a lot to hire me. It's really bad. Yeah, because you're, you're getting a JD. You actually have to have that. You can have a degree in bouncy castles and be like, I want to work at the bouncy castle factory. Then you well, say, I, yeah, I have a degree, I, but you actually have a collection of piss bottles in your closet, and yeah, then see, you don't show it to them. You don't have what I like to call boomer mindset, which is where you walk out of high school at 18 years old after you have taken the wealth from all of the world, and you get a job no matter what, six figures, and you get to keep it forever. You oh, no, it has a pension. <laughs> And then you assume everyone else's life is exactly like that, and you yell at them for being like, why didn't you do exactly what I did? You'd be like, son, why didn't you go to the racism factory and give <laughs> such a firm handshake they had to hire you? Come on! Yeah, you're, like, you're like, I didn't have a degree. All I had was a hat, and that was enough back then. Technically, a hat and respect for America. <laughs> Technically, I do have a journalism degree and a liberal arts degree, so I could mostly just use those for hats. Since both of those professions don't really require degrees. Are you telling me that to work on the Oklahoma editorial board, you don't need to have your PhD? Actually, if you mail, if you wrap a piece of shit. God in your damn degree, it, now it's it it the Oklahoma Fuck. editorial board. You automatically get hired. Alright, one 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 year of Carl. Disclaimer, Alex Jones disclaimer, we are all doing a bit the whole time. I'm not legally responsible for your behavior. Anyone who managed to listen to us for a year, shout out to all our OG listeners. Shout out to everybody that 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 got on later and still listens to us. Shout out to the guy on Reddit who said an Oklahoma Chapo Trap House. That's fucking dope. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to the, the people who hated on us when we did a couple advertisements on Facebook. You know? I'm really proud that we've managed this, guys. Really proud that this is a thing now. It's been a year, though, so the Oklahoman, uh, debate me. What's uh, Alex Jones doing these days? Let's try and get him on as a host. Ooh, oh, we should. Yeah, we should call him up. <laughs> did you guys see that he got caught looking at tranny porn on his yeah, phone? Yeah, I did. Yeah. No, no kink shaming. <laughs> no kink shaming. No ah, God damn it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not kink shaming. It's just facts, right? <laughs> Can I, can I facts it don't as, care about, can about I, your penis. Yeah, can I just present it as a fact? <laughs> <laughs> that he... <clears throat> Alex right. Jones, another journalist like Kurt Eichenwald, taken down by <laughs> having <laughs> open tabs in a photo. <laughs> 
Many months has come and gone since I wandered from my home In those Oklahoma hills where I was born Many a page of life has turned, many a lesson I have learned Well, I feel like in those hills I still belong Way down yonder in the Indian nation Ride my pony on the reservation In those Oklahoma hills where I was born Now way down yonder in the Indian nation The cowboy's life is my occupation In those Oklahoma hills where I was born <laughs> I'm Adam Burnett and this week we've got Carl Roberts and Stephen Lassman on the show And this is Red Star Over Oklahoma We were a small political news podcast broadcasting about left Oklahoma uh, this week, we're going to be discussing the uh, fires uh, going on in the Trump White House. We're uh, going to have a little bit to talk about of the prison strike before going to talk about some Oklahoma news and, of course, hitting a conservative reading list. Uh, so I guess we'll just jump right in uh, with uh, the uh, fun week that the Trump White House has had. Despite Carl's protests, uh, I'm going to start by saying that Paul Manafort got charged with a bunch of stuff and got... Uh, found guilty of eight out of eighteen crimes, um, including hey, a lot of tax fraud. You know, he he was not guilty of more than half of them, so I'm counting that as a win. <laughs> no, he was he was not not guilty of none of them. He was mistrialed on all of the other ones. <laughs> One juror. So I I listened to some reporting by NPR, and they uh, interviewed some of the jurors. And one of the jurors said that there was one juror and she was just a straight up. She said she was a straight up no at the beginning for everything. She's like, nope, I'm going to hang this whole jury. And they talked her in to eight. Everyone else was in agreement, but <laughs> one person. So um, <clears throat> the, the last angry man, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I say that only to say that. The last angry um, chud. <laughs> I say that only to say that one of the articles we chose not to read for this was a defense of the jury system and about how it can deliver specialized verdicts. Uh, and we chose not to read that article. But uh, it, 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 just just so you know, it's, it's a foolproof system. It totally always works. But anyway, that wasn't <laughs> as important as what happened afterwards, which is that uh, a little more pressure from Mueller's office, who's handling these investigations, uh, that uh, Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's longtime attorney, uh, pled guilty to some charges and struck a deal. And uh, one of the things that he uh, brought up in this, and we, we try to stay away from a lot of this because, like, it's just kind of factual reporting because guess what? Trump's a fucking crook, and we, like, already knew that. <laughs> What is a surprise. Yeah, like it's not a big deal. Like He works in real estate in New York. He's a crook. Wow. Oh my God. It's <laughs> like landlords are empirically bad. Never mind. Um, uh, but um, this, like, it's just every once in a while I feel like it's at least important to, like, be like, yeah, it is as bad as it seems. But, like, it's always been as bad as it seems. Like, this is what crooks do. Um, if you guys don't remember George Bush's presidency, I was pretty young for it, but I still remember it being a uh, pretty delightful shit show. I've done a lot of reading and research about Bill Clinton's, uh, uh, resignation, impeachment, and Nixon's fall from grace. And this is just what they do. Um, they all talk in veiled 
bullshit terms, and they all just get pulled down by little things one at a time. And this week, a bunch of stuff happened. Because yeah, like I said, uh, Cohen. Um, I mean, the biggest thing about him is that he uh, uh, implicated um, the president for directing him to make illegal payments. Um, And that is a lot of fun because it means that, like, these investigations are going to go forward with already a lot of guilty verdicts. And um, to be really honest, and this is, I guess, one of the things I think would be fun for us to discuss is... What 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 is Mueller's thought process going into the midterms? Because I mean, at what point do you say shit or get off the pot? You know what I mean? Do you do well, you come you, forward? You, you I mean, wait I mean, until ten days before the election and then you tell everybody something <laughs> that contradicts what you said before. <laughs> I, Call me mindset. No, okay. <laughs> Again. And then you become a hero of the resistance. Again, um, as as the, as the defender of dignity on this program. I'm going to ask you that we not speak poorly of Jim Comey. All right, he's an American <laughs> patriot, and I respect him. He's only got like five pee bottles in his house. Very low amount. Oh, so, but I mean, I mean, I mean, what do you guys think would be? I mean, I mean, there, there is of course that if he just comes out and drops it, the you know day before the election and throws all that. But I mean. I feel like that's what he's trying not to do. I mean, I imagine it yeah, will just end no up rolling. Yeah, no. I will imagine it will just end up rolling until after the midterms, and he'll just keep on piling up guilty verdicts until he indicts the president, and the president pardons himself, and we go um, to the uh, Supreme Court, who, who will inevitably say that the president's allowed to do that. I mean, honestly, I think if, if I were Mueller, what I would do, because... I think, I mean, the DOJ has has a standing policy that you can't indict a sitting president for obvious reasons, because if you indict a sitting president, it doesn't fucking matter. It'll just fucking pardon himself because you can do that legally. And also there's a it'd have to go to the Supreme Court if you could do it and so on. He's going to wait until after the midterms and then he's going to do it because he has to see if there's going to be a Democratic Congress or not. I think that's the deal. Um, Because you have to wait if impeachment might be a thing and he's not getting fucking impeached by this Congress. You know uh, what I mean? This 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 band of straw men who aren't voting on anything isn't going to impeach the president. What? This yeah. This I just mean, gang honestly, they, of empty suits, one, I, drifting okay, through for, the halls since it's of the Congress. Year episode. We should call them what they are. They're lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, okay, I, okay, okay. If we're gonna le- okay, if we're gonna let me no, do that, no, that's it, that's it, that's it. No, <laughs> we're gonna have a conspiracy theory episode in a bit, and then we, we can, are we can, we can <laughs> tilt into it. Did you not see that in the show chat? Come on. Um, I sometimes. <laughs> um, I don't. I think the really annoying thing is that it's gonna come out. He's gonna get impeached or he's gonna get indicted or something he's just gonna pardon himself or mike pence is gonna gonna become president and open up like uh the gay concentration camps which is a real threat like i genuinely do not i would rather have trump president and sit out his term like i was at brunch today i was talking with somebody about that and i was like how do you want this 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 utter ghoul mike pence to be president instead of this bumbling idiot who contradicts everybody doing the work to make his policy agenda happen on twitter every day that keeps shit from actually happening um, yeah, I, no. I, I, okay. I almost prefer reality television to like actual Christian. It's genuinely theocracy. better. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's no, yeah. genuinely like, he's too he incompetent to like enact the evil that Mike Pence. And like, sure, he's doing evil stuff. I just got a news alert on my phone that uh, we we killed the uh, apparent leader of uh, an ISIS affiliate in Afghanistan in a drone strike. So I mean, he's still doing the evil stuff, and I mean, the apparatus will always exist for him to do that, but. At the same yeah, I mean, time. that's just, like, normal engine running. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's just, that's just, yeah. Like, some of the worst stuff. He's not actively planning the Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah. no, no. Because that's what Mike Pence would do. <laughs> yeah, he Mike has Pence a little diary gets... that's written in red ink, and it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> um, I just want to shout out Donald Trump's tweet um, after the Cohen stuff. Uh, if anyone looking for a good lawyer, I would strongly suggest that you don't retain the services of Michael Cohen. <laughs> That show is so good because it's like, man, you know, I was thinking about hiring a lawyer. How about Michael Cohen, huh? <laughs> oh, no. The president didn't endorse him. Sean Hannity's like, why didn't I read this earlier? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Sean Hannity immediately after that tweet called Trump and he was like, dude, you told me to work with Cohen. You told me he was good for it. And Trump was like, Michael Cohen, very bad guy. He's not Jewish enough like Roy Cohen. He's just he's, he's a bit too white. He's not going to be a good lawyer. Um, oh, dude. Well, like Jared Kushner, great lawyer. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, I, I can't describe the tweeting. It, it's a compulsion. It has to be. It's like almost a character flaw. It's like unique to him. Well, yeah. And... The real reason he tweets like this is because he sees all these celebrities tweeting, and he's like, "I want to be cool like all the other people, and they should respect me." And now that I'm president, why does the New York Times not like me? Oh my God, this sucks. Well, it's pure um, stream of consciousness. It's just dude, flowing it's out of him with no. Yeah, it's, it's just him the, watching no Fox filter and at all. Be like, the president's great. Here are people that shit on the president, and him being like, okay. Have you seen that he just I randomly calls into Fox and Friends? Yeah, he just yeah. call in. <laughs> he just hey, in. how you doing? It's Stani. Hi, it's Stani. He's like, one time I was at a party with um, Sting, and Sting was very rude to me, but I think he was having tantric sex with his wife. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Uh, all my friends diddle kids, but people still believe QAnon. Um, that's... I thought we weren't <laughs> okay. doing our conspiracy episode tonight. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, no, here's the real thing, though. Here's the real thing. I fucking hate about all this Michael Cohen shit, because everyone's like, yeah, Trump's breaking the law. And then I have, like, some liberals that I have on social media, and I don't talk to them. I don't know if you know Gobi Inhofe, Stephen Lastman. Oh, yeah. You still follow her it's... on Instagram? It's just uh... all this shit about how, like, oh, look, Trump's going to get taken down. And, like, the, the, the OG brainworm president, fucking Reagan, oh, yeah. went on national television and was like, yeah, my administration was running guns to the Iranians and selling cocaine for the fascists in Nicaragua, but I was too stupid to know about it. So, uh, not a crime. Ollie North did it. And, and, and to <laughs> this soft. day... To this day, Ronald Reagan is held up by by people in both parties, but especially Republicans as like this shining beacon of good president shit. And why do you fucking think that this is gonna matter? That Michael Cohen is like, uh, Donald Trump's a fucking crook. You know, there's also a tape of Donald Trump that came out during the election where he says, "I am a sexual assaulter. I'm proud of that, and I do it regularly." And no one cared. It didn't matter. Who give, Who cares? Who cares? He's going to get... It doesn't matter. It's not a thing people anymore. People actually, like... like well, I mean, like, his support's that. not going to drop. Yeah, people think yeah, he's... Yeah, no one's going to care. ...cool because, yeah, he's out there triggering the libs or whatever. He's got the base that will never leave him. Um, and he's already doing, like, rallies and garnering support for himself. 
but yeah, oh. I mean, guys, I'm stoked <laughs> for this constitutional crisis. Like, I hope it really, like, I, in seriousness, I don't, but in jest, oh man, I wanted to get serious. <laughs> this is like, we could really see it go down, guys. He could just say, hey, guess what? Second Amendment people. I, I'm done. I'm done listening to this fucking court's bullshit. Come get me. If they arrest him, he might just enlist the people's army. And oh, oh. Yeah, but that's literally Giuliani literally said that. He was like, I know, Trump gets indicted I, or Trump gets impeached, it's going to be a people's revolt. And I can just think of all the like people that live at like 71st and Memorial, like stocking up on guns and being like, oh, let's yeah. go get him. And then they get heat stroke and die. <laughs> <laughs> What they don't know is we've uh, always been scrappy. That's why the proletariat's the best. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, poor people actually have to deal with shit. And all these people are like, oh, my God, I got to strap a gun in case somebody at the Tulsa Hills Target is transgender in my bathroom and I recognize them. <laughs> it's like, yo, you don't have any problems. Your problems are that your kids have to borrow money from you because they're raging alcoholics since you don't teach them anything. I guess that... That family's a 31st in Peoria family. <laughs> <laughs> Loki insider joke. Oh. I did not name any names. Um. So I think what we're going to end with before we move on to the next story is uh, a good lawyer, Michael Avignetti. Uh, he tweeted. Fuck Michael Avignetti. That guy's such a ghoul. That I, guy is a vampire. Okay, okay. Good lawyers are vampires. What's wrong with vampires, bro? You got something against vampires? Yeah, the world is a vampire, Carl. Didn't you watch Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer? Okay, I did vampire watch that movie. I never know which one it is. Vampire Hunter? It's one of those three. <laughs> vampires are the South, number one. <laughs> that that was a historical document. That's how I learned about the, the, the Civil War. Um. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Evanetti's tweet says, this was from uh, right after Cohen uh, pled. The developments of today will permit us to have the stay lifted in the civil case, uh, the civil case of Stormy Daniels uh, against uh, Donald Trump, and should permit us to proceed with an expedited deposition of Trump under oath about what he knew, when he knew it, and what he did about it. We will disclose it to the public. And I just like it because worm brain under pressure does not equal success. And, like, sure, Wormbrain also has, like, the self, like, the really good survival mechanism of, like, burrowing deeper and, like, doubling down. But eventually, it's going to hit bedrock, and it's going to happen, oh, man, I hope soon. Oh, I hope soon. Because I just, I don't want, I, I, I honestly don't think, I don't know. I don't know that he can make it another two years. I worry about No, he's going to make it. He's gonna make it. Another six years, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, that'll be the best part when he gets reelected, but then two years in, it turns out that he like he starts building like Trump Tower Hong Kong or some shit. It turns out he used the presidency to do it and so they actually impeach him because like actually this is very clearly illegal. (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna be into the sixth year of his two year term after he wins against Chelsea Clinton's dog in twenty (laughs) twenty. And I was gonna say, but we'll be able we'll be able to impeach him though because uh, Pence will have flown to Saudi Arabia to start the Christian Caliphate, and um, with spear with with Agnew gone, um, uh, Gerald Ford will step in to be vice president, 
and uh, then the Democrats won't have anything to fear from impeaching him. <laughs> yeah, because the Democrats are going to win back the House. Yeah, sure. What a good joke. All right. Do you want to take over, Carl? <laughs> no, this is the last season. Um, yeah, I'm reading oh. this one. Um, so the prison strike that has been going on, many of you may have heard about it, uh, broke out recently starting the 21st of August. Um, inmates have been complaining about a lot of different conditions in U.S. prisons. Like being um, slaves? Specifically citing slave labor. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Newsflash, uh, slavery is still legal in the United States. Uh, yeah. The anti-slavery uh, amendment expressly says it's still legal. Very important. The, uh, the most, uh, probably the most jarring example of this recently has been using prison labor to fight the wildfires going on in California right now, um, in which a lot of California inmates have been sent to fight these fires for, I believe, as low as $3 a day. A dollar, um, uh, it's like a dollar an hour or a dollar a day for wildfire fighting in California. Yeah, and not only that are they being essentially forced to fight wildfires, but after getting released, because they have a history in the penal system, they cannot get jobs at any actual firefighting positions. They can. Um, they can't do it in California. California, California. I, I don't think they got forced to fight the fires. I think it's like a volunteer thing, but I'm not sure about that. I read conflicting that, things about that. But that the can state be, of California I mean, uh, has a ban on hiring ex-convicts. So they get job trained to be firefighters and they can't work. As firefighters afterwards. Yeah, and 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 that can be like a and like, like I think I think I think you're aware of this too. But like I, that can be a thing of like a false choice too. Is like yeah yeah you can serve your sentence uh, your your massive sentence for your tiny non-committal crime, or you can get it done in a quarter of the time if you go to X. <clears throat> and like damn, prison sounds crazy. Yeah, <laughs> go to X. Uh, some of these prisoners, um, in addition to not having to do slave labor anymore, some of their demands are fully staffed facilities, which would help reduce the amounts of violent incidents in the prison, uh, universal access to rehabilitation programs, which also a major issue in, I would say the entire country, I don't think there's anywhere that drug abuse is not a problem in prison, um, voting rights. Which, again, like, yes, taking away the voting rights of prisoners, even after they're released, is, like, the least democratic thing ever. Uh, uh, yeah, they're still citizens when they're uh, not only in that, prison. And they also want the power to press their grievances in the federal court system, a right that was significantly abridged by legislation passed under Clinton. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. liberal liberal guy, everyone loves him, saxophone playing guy, Barring First prisoners prisoner. from using the court system. He, he was also the one that helped put in a lot of protections for bankers, pharmaceutical companies, and doctors who overprescribe medications. Oh, look at that. The free market being insulated for, by political policy. Oh, oh Yeah. Great. And then the uh, last thing they wanted was to try and reduce the amount of prisoners by reforming some of our draconian sentencing laws um, in which we often seek maximum sentencing for some very like low-level crimes largely in part because of the drug war and, and and the one of the ones that I mean one of the one of the 
penalties that I don't think a lot of people understand is that in a lot of states, there is a mechanism underneath which where certain crimes are enhanceable by certain other crimes. So if you get one drug charge and then, you know, you get an assault and battery, maybe you get two small sentences. But if you get a a drug crime and then a second drug crime or a firearm crime and then a drug crime, you can get your sentence enhanced. And that's like, oh, yeah, you get a couple more years. But those are almost always double and triple penalties. So like one of the greatest examples in the world is the three strikes policy that a lot of states still have. And so, like, let's say you get busted for possession and the maximum penalties, you know, six years. And so you get busted the first time, you get, you know, a two-year deferred sentence. And then again, busted the second – or a two-year suspended sentence. The, you get busted the second time, you get the full six years and you don't serve any of it because you're, you're out on a suspended sentence and you're just on probation. You get the third one, you get 18 years in lockup. Yeah, that's – Which I mean, you just – Triple your penalties. Holy shit! Yeah, it's just it's disgusting, you know. I mean, when I you mean, look you, at like, Oklahoma's it got really one of those, is, by the way. Of course, we could. Yeah, we have a massive yeah, prison we, industry. We, we have are, to have something like that to sustain it. We we have government-run facilities at like hundred thirteen percent capacity and private prisons in the state of Oklahoma, and we have the one out of every hundred residents of the state of Oklahoma are in prison, the highest in the world. You know, the, Listen, yeah, like criminals, like, criminals have to learn. Punishment is the only way they'll learn. That's true. We just got to spank them all. You got to. If uh, someone would have spanked spank these kids. <laughs> well, in this, I mean, wasn't there another prison strike that happened? I think it was 2016. And then Jeff Sessions just doubled down on like increase. Um, I, just, I just became more draconian. I'm trying to look it up here. Uh, I, I, yeah, he advocated for longer sentences and easier impositions of the death penalty. So yeah, he just tightened the screws on people after the 2016 strike. Well, yeah, because Jeff Sessions is like, well, the real problem is that we can't lynch people anymore. Let's be honest. That's his position. I am sure he has said that before in well, private. One of the other ones that... Uh, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Um, one, of the, one of the other like things that exist in the criminal justice system that I think... like. Ble- breeds into this like when he talks about the death penalty the death penalty anymore is just a, a it, it, it's it's a clapping of hands it happens in the worst of situations uh where people have done really awful things and like i, I struggle with how to answer some of those questions sometimes um but it is an incredibly difficult process you essentially have two entire separate trials and two entire separate appeal processes and that can last 20 or 30 years to get that all the way down, even where you have an open and shut case, just to schedule everything. Because you're going to do two appeals and two trials. The thing is, is we hand out life without parole sentences every day. One trial, one set well, of appeals, go. So many, so many, I mean, so much too of a bunch of stuff is that because we have this insanely draconian prison system and legal system and so on, and then we have deeply, just like our prisons are deeply understaffed, we have deeply understaffed, a deeply understaffed court system. So you have people getting stuck in prison who did not commit the crimes who play out because it's the best option for them. And so they end up stuck in prison forever and they end up stuck in prison, forced to do labor for a crime they did not commit because 
they don't feel like they can get out since they can't afford a good lawyer. They talk to the lawyer that represents them for less than a fucking minute before they show up in court. And then they get stuck in prison and they're forced to work for a fucking dollar a day in a life-threatening situation. Public like, defenders are in a shitty situation too. I just, I have, I have, I have, I have a lot of uh, empathy for what they do because it has to be done and that job sucks. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's definitely an institutional problem like, that they face. Because, like, not yeah. only do you not get paid anything, not only are you just kind of thrown into that situation anyway, where just you've, your influx of clients is so high that you're just like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I got here as fast as I could. They called me this morning. Uh, you got arrested last night. I'm here. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, your arraignment is in 20 minutes. We have to be ready. Yeah, you should plea out because I don't have the time to defend you. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and like that sucks. And the other part of that, and like I struggle with this morally, is that you also like end up like there are a, like a lot of criminals that are that way because of environment and uh, even probably the majority, I would argue. But you still do have to represent the assholes of the world. And they're not happy. They don't really like you. They're just pissed off. Sometimes they're violent. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Um, I think I think the really the most important thing here is one support these people. Call your congressman about it. Call your legislators. Oh yeah. Call your attorney. Yeah, generals. there's there's still very few representatives behind this. Um, Mike like Hunter. A lot, very very few people have spoken out. Um, and like I think the only one in California is Representative Ro Khanna, and then Alexandria Ocasio Cortez has said a few things, but it really has not gotten a whole lot of attention from people in Congress. So, yeah, I think the more attention gets focused on this, and I think the strike is definitely bringing a lot of attention on itself, the better. Yeah, and I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, I think one of the most important things that I ever read from Marx was that revolution is a response to a social condition. And, like, the, this isn't, like, it's, it's the fault in everything Orwell wrote. If you oppress people... They don't eventually succumb. They eventually rebel. You just... they Even when you are overwhelming, eventually they just stop working and they just start smashing things. And that's what strikes are. It's the only way people can move forward and... And um, especially prisoners who have probably the like least ability to yeah. vocalize their complaints. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like one of the major things they're asking for is yeah the ability to vocalize their complaints, but... Well, yeah, and yeah. we're yeah, we're just so uh, we're such a like punishment-based society here that it's very hard to get people's attention, like their sympathies with the prisoners. But seeing these complaints, I mean, the conditions they live in is truly awful. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it's just it's, it's inappropriate. It's unacceptable for a free society. So yes, call your representatives. Tell them that this deserves attention and to do something, especially and in also, Oklahoma. <laughs> look up, look up ways that you can, you know, engage with pr prisoners if you have the time and feel like it. You know, write letters to prisoners. You know, okay. people you don't know—that's a big deal. Like, reach out to these people and be like, "Hey, I give a shit about you. I don't think you should um, be stuck in prison forever. It's, it's, it's important. It makes a difference." Well, are we ready to move on to Oklahoma news? <clears throat> Yeah, we got some uh, some fresh as stories to talk about this week. I think. Um, 
The first thing is this story by Cassie McClung out of the out of the the Frontier. Always shows big fan of the Frontier. They do good reporting there. It's about um, Oklahomans seeking psychiatric crisis care, and it's it's a thing I think that in a lot of ways might be tied to this prison stuff. Um, and it's also just really, really, it's really dark to read this story. Um, because it's a story about how right now there's this big problem, especially in green country, that's where they focus their reporting on, but in general across the state, of people who don't have mental health care um, being forced to go get help when they're in a crisis situation, which is to say when they're in a situation where they are a danger to themselves or others, right? Um, which is to say, you know, oh, you're having suicidal thoughts, you're making them obvious, you know, you're not tweeting about them ironically, you're actually going to kill yourself, or like you're you're a danger to other people. And how right now, <laughs> these numbers are going up. Um, I mean, this is the same as people not getting preventative physical care and waiting until they have to go to the emergency room for some of it. It's just, yeah, people are putting off getting actual preventative care before it becomes a crisis. Well, not because, to mention a, yeah, the massive stigma against that in this state, too. Yeah, that too. That's, a big, that's a big part of it, because people don't want to go until they're at a point where it's like oh, it's genuinely dangerous. Yeah. Um, and <sighs> I don't have anything to say about... I don't have anything to say about that. That makes me so mad. I, I, that, it's, not, it's not just that they can't get preventative care, which is way better. It's that people are showing up to crisis centers and getting turned away because they're like, there's this ranking system in Oklahoma, apparently a one to four of like, what level of crisis are you in? And crisis centers are saying, we cannot accept people that are ones and twos. You have to go away, come back to us when you're sicker because we, we don't have the space to help you unless you're a three or a four. That's a literal thing that's that someone a, working at a health crisis center says. Yeah, that's a uh, practice called triage, and they normally do that in horrible disasters where hospital or medical facilities are severely crippled, not in the normal state of things. Well, yeah, well I mean, unless you're a, a third a world triage. country, which is yeah. kind of what's going on. Tri triage is also a thing they do in emergency rooms just on a regular basis where they say, who do we need to get in first? But they're not saying go away until you're sicker unless they're like, you have a fucking cold, Karen. Okay, fuck off. You don't need emergency God, it's room always services. Karen. It's always Karen. Every time it's Karen, she, she lives in a suburban home with too many rooms. And uh, it's a cold Karen. Drink some goddamn NyQuil and take the day off. Um, but when you have triage and people show up and you're like, you need help. You know, whenever they're not ranking zero. Whenever they're ranking on the scale of there's a medical problem here, you're not supposed to say, go away, we can't help you. You're supposed to say, we're going to get this 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 three in and these two fours in, but then we're going to get to you. Don't worry about it. It's just we got to deal with these people who are a more serious problem first, but we're getting to you. And this is not How triage. How did the three get in before the two fours? No, I'm just saying they all got in at the same time. That's all. <laughs> oh, um, oh, okay, okay. Well, I, just you're saying, to make sure. I was saying they have these numbers of people that get in first. Um one of the other really shocking things is that uh, between fiscal years 2016 and 2017, the Oklahoma Department of Mental Health, uh, Mental Health Services, blah, 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 O-D-M-H-S-A-S. I don't know what that stands for, actually. I shouldn't know what that stands for. Um, but they got a budget cut of $23 million. So uh... while the number of people showing up for care is rising, they're cutting funding for these people. Um, Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. 
Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, because uh, something like the numbers for these people, the number, like one in five Oklahomans uh, suffer with a mental illness issue. Um, Shit, and, and didn't you say one in 10 in Oklahomans is uh, in jail? One in a hundred. Oh, okay, we got to yeah. square those numbers, though. We got to get it up to hmm. one to five because, I mean, isn't jail how we deal with mental illness? <laughs> yeah, actually, it is in this state in a lot of ways. Um, well, I mean, I think that, that there's clearly a lot going on with their budget being slashed and, of course, prisons just expanding relentlessly in Oklahoma. It's just yeah, far don't see easier. It. I don't you think know. I don't I think that's a conspiracy theory. That's I true. thought this you was know, our <laughs> not our conspiracy theory show. <laughs> no one in Oklahoma that uses prisons to solve problems. No, that's, that's not a thing. It's not a thing at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, some other shocking numbers I think that are important. Um, Tulsa Tulsa specifically has such an acute problem that people are getting shipped to mental health facilities in other cities. Um, apparently Tulsa needs something like 400 500 it, it needs Tulsa should have based on its population, 490 public beds for mental health services. It has 103. Yeah. There are 506 total in the Tulsa area, and it needs 490 public ones. And I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's just as bad in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, it, it's, one, it's, a, it's a massive problem across not just the state but the country is that the, yeah. the, 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 the beds exist – the buildings exist, um, but we make people sleep on the street uh, because uh, if there aren't losers, what do the winners get to enjoy? Yeah, it's true. Um, well, like anything medical we ever talk about, it all goes back to like this would be way less of a problem if we had a single payer system where everyone had access to equitable care. But of course, you know, yeah, that's you, pretty obvious just, by now. If we made carefree at the point of service, this wouldn't be a problem because people would just go get the help. They needed before it became an issue, or if people showed up as a one or a two instead of getting told, "We can't help you until you're sicker," they would get helped. You know, maybe they'd have to be sent to a different center because that center was full or something. Sure, but they would get the help they need, which is cheaper and easier to do. The lower the problem is, it's no different than like if you have stage one cancer and you show up, they're like, "Okay, we can do these things to prevent it." And if you show up with stage five cancer and it's like eating at your spine, you're fucked. You're gonna die. And, and that's what this problem is that we have right now. This is, you know, it's killing people. It's forcing people to get sicker so they can get help. It's it's costing the state money. And it's just, it's the most disgusting thing in the world that this is a problem. You know? I don't know. That, that's just my take. Sorry. I mean, no, I... I... Got kind of mad. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> you're exactly right. No, it's super fucked up that yeah. people can't get this type of care in Oklahoma or the rest of the country. Yeah, and I, the, the kind of last thing I want to say about it is that Mark Fisher capitalist realism thing, you know? If we live in a society where one out of every five people has a, a mental illness, you know, that it's not to say that mental illness is exclusively based on, on social relations, you know? That's clearly not the case. But why is it that high? You know what I mean? Why are that well, many people sick? Because uh, what they do, Carl, is they invent names for things called boredom, greed, laziness, slumduggery, and hot <laughs> falseries. And what they do 
is they that instead of teaching you to be good character, they get you addicted to drugs and they yeah, get they you addicted to you Eastern thing, thing medicine. Look, there's there's a little thing called the Bible, and it's the only mental health help you're ever gonna need. <laughs> and people will say, if you say that, that means you're crazy. But that's them lying to you because I'm <laughs> telling you devil. that when they tell you that you are crazy because of your mental illness and not because of this book, that is what they are going to tell you. And so you can't believe it. Well, and these, these are the people who are in our state representative office, which is why we need health care <laughs> that goes beyond yeah. their jurisdiction. <laughs> These are people oh, who God. will actually prescribe churches to people having mental health problems. Uh, on, on to the next story. Uh, this is from the Journal Record. The Journal Record is actually a really good newspaper. Um, the, I mean, yeah, seriously, they do pretty great stuff. Um, and they have a, an article about rural voters uh, and the GOP primary runoff. And I want to talk about this because I think in a lot of ways... Okay, to set the stage, rather, to set the stage for talking about this, if you if you look at the Republican primary map from back when we had the primary on June 28th, right, what you see is something pretty straightforward, like the Tulsa combined statistical area voted for Kevin Stitt, the Oklahoma City metro area voted for, uh, combined statistical area, rather, voted for, for Mick Cornette, and then some, like, stuff around that, and then all the rural places, except for McCurtain County, voted for Todd Lamb, and McCurtain County voted for Dan... Um, I want to start a civil war over baby genocide because I, I genuinely watched The Handmaid's Tale and thought it's how society should be run. Fisher. Um, that's not, he would agree with that, so it's not Long even libel. Middle name. Um, yeah, it's really, I don't know how he got that middle name. That's really weird. Um, you can't, okay, but here's, but here's, here's the, the problem. Here's the problem, Carl. You can't Alex Jones this show. You can't just say libelous <laughs> things, declare that it's not libel, and then move on. That is what libel. Alex Jones does. That if, if, if I sat down with Dan, if like Dan Fisher took me to court over that, and I was like, no, Dan Fisher, here's the society I'm, I was describing and referencing, Dan Fisher would be like, actually, um, thank you for your good ad advertisement. You know, it's Can like we that make this a constitution? Where you're, like super, where, where you're super left wing or super right wing, and you like respect you know, a true gun, you like look at them and you're like, I know that you're a piece of shit and I want to, you know, genuinely like, like there's, we despise each other, but you respect the real. You're like, you actually mean this shit. You're not some, some limp dick motherfucker who like says all this shit and is really scummy. Like, like some dead people who used to be in the U S Senate. Um, there you, you did know? it. Are you happy? Um, did you get it out of your system? Uh, no, oh my I'm God. Not. No, I'm not. I did not get it out of my system yet. Um, but back to the point, this is, they, they have this article about rural voters, and I, I think they're doing a really good job highlighting what's important right now, right? Because if you look at that map right now, for good reason, Tulsa and Oklahoma City are competing for the Republican uh, gubernatorial election. And I, I don't like saying it, but I would, I, I would be surprised if Drew Edmondson wins, no matter who it is. You know what I mean? I would be pretty surprised. If, if he manages to become the next governor. I know Oklahoma is surprisingly Democratic, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of that populist stuff. I don't think he's the right guy because he's just like an, a NyQuil uncle. Um, and honestly, I mean, yeah, I, we're, we definitely have the populist identity, but we are deeply conservative. And yeah, the governor's it, position is an incredibly right-wing position in any state. And the people, the well, people who what, vote. Well, how, how, how many do they have now? It's, it's, it's over two-thirds of the um, states have Republican governors. Yeah, it's like 
far far more than like go blue in national elections. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're getting close to being able to do a fucking constitutional convention by themselves. Um, Scary but, thought. <laughs> yeah, utterly terrifying. Uh, um, and the thing is, right know. now, I think it needs for good reason, get better. Um, for good reason, if you just look at population, something like 63, 64% of the state lives in Oklahoma City and Tulsa. So obviously someone from Oklahoma City and someone from o from Tulsa should be running for each other for this position for who's probably going to end up being our governor. That makes sense from just a represent representational standpoint. But they're going to have to get these rural voters. And it's really terrifying when you think about it, because if you look at who rural voters are, right, I think you've got a couple different kinds of rural voters that are important, and I mean, Adam, you're you're a resident rural uh, reporter, but I think you've got rich rural voters, right? The kind of people that make a ton of money off the oil industry and vote for utter ghouls because they wanted to spend their wealth, uh, defend their wealth. You've got the people who vote for who vote because the church is the only community institution in their in their rural area because capitalism has just utterly hollowed out the entirety of rural America. Yeah, it's the only culture they have. Um, yeah, those, it's the only those, thing those, they those, have. Those two, those two things are the same. Like, like even the yeah, high, like, 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 like even the, like if you're an actual upper class person in like the rural area, your kids still go to private school. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. like they're in public school or anything. Like, you are you are completely isolated from that community. If you're actually talking about like rural communities like the middle class is like still a thing and like while it might exist like more towards the edges of that like you know maybe you know 35,000 to 250,000 dollars might be middle class like I, I think the lower end is closer to the poverty line than it used to be uh, yeah just because is. that like especially in rural communities there is just enough um, of like if you go to the public school, if you go to the Baptist church, you're at, and your kid plays football, you're at all the same events as the middle class people. Like you go, you you you're all there together all the time anyway. So it's well, and that's the other community event. That's the other community event. The the, the high school football game. Yeah, you know, or those, those are the two yeah. things: church and 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 football. Um, well, and like these, uh, they, the media always shows these districts as being deeply conservative and stuff because they go red in every election. But when you look at like so many of these towns, the larger percentage than Republican or Democrat is non-voter. It's not that these are yeah. deeply red districts; it's that they're deeply apathetic districts because oh, yeah. they haven't seen any improvement from the government. Well, and well yeah, yeah, and they've just been the same. I mean, yeah, and yeah. that's the other thing is that like. Well, the, those that that middle class portion is very deeply entrenched in a conservative ideal because, you know, for the same reason the Taliban has great support in places where it rules, not all the time obviously, but like that that they're they have been the policymakers that have established churches, schools, roads, They've hospitals, and, and, community and community yeah. services. Yeah, yeah, and so um, and so like that being that portion of it is like, you know it. it it, it it entrenches that that major body of the people who have kids and that are in public school that engage with the church and so you have this big voting class that is really invested in uh, putting people on the school board and putting people into the mayor's seat and putting and voting in the governor but then you have this massive collection of young people who are either trying to like do good things in their life and like come up in this like society and like they just and that end understand up became, they need to move to a city 
yeah. or something to well, and even to if they be don't, economically viable, they have to become. Yeah. If, if, yeah, if they, they don't, they have to become photocopies of the people who are in those places. Yeah, yeah, because. That's the only way. And then all of the other people who are not doing as well or struggling or not wanting to be a, you know, cookie cutter for all, you know, for lack of a better phrase, but they just don't vote. They have no reason to. There's no incentive. There's no upside for them to well, vote. It's it, just they, the reason, they, they have to work that day. The reason they don't have the vote is because there's nobody – Democrats don't do shit for them. And I, I don't mean to hate on Democrats representing, you know, urban issues. It's like, of course they should. They should do that. They should care about things that people associate with cities, like like gay rights, like, um, you know, rights for black people and so on, even though rural Oklahoma is extremely diverse compared to well, what they, people assume they, it is. They, um, developed, they developed a voting strategy, like, I, probably 90s era, where they're like, all right, target the cities, target the population areas, appeal to them and write off these kind of right-ish leaning areas because they're just like, all right, well, let's just keep playing to the cities where we know we're going to win and, you know, don't waste our time or be inefficient with these rural districts, which is why Bernie Sanders got so much support when he came through Oklahoma because he came through Oklahoma. Well, and I'll tell you, that that description I gave just a moment ago was much more uh, reflective of uh, the town I went to high school in prior. but um, I, I, the, the the more rural area that I actually lived in growing up, it's actually really funny to me because I met a lot more leftists in like that area because they were like, no, I live in the woods. No one talks to me. That's why I live <laughs> yeah. here. Like the government well, doesn't can... have anything to do with my life. Of course I don't vote. I, the government's fucking evil. Did you not know that? <laughs> no, I live in the motherfucking woods, bro. No one fucks with me. I drink <laughs> beer and I fish. Fuck you. Get, get, I will kill you and bury you out here, and they will never find the body. If you if you look at leftism in Oklahoma's history, you know, like there's there's a few books on it, but I just finished not terribly long ago, like a couple of months ago, the best book on it, like the, the the definitive book, and and I just want to read the title because it tells you everything you need to know about what rural voters can be. Um, it's called Agrarian Socialism in America: Marx, Jefferson, and Jesus in the Oklahoma Countryside. Why is it in the Oklahoma countryside? Because rural people get crushed by capitalism in a serious, deep way. And and the Democratic Party doesn't give people shit because they don't talk about economic issues in a helpful way. And especially in the state of Oklahoma, I mean, Adam, I guess, like, there's not a lot of oil up around, up in the northeast corner of the state, right? There's not no, that much. No, there's not. Um, but I've got family in Cushing, for example, and... A fra- a f- they got a couple th- there was a fracking well that went underneath their property lines and so they just got this huge sum of money um, relative to you know if, if somebody just sent you a check for this it'd be a big deal you know my mom's uh, side of the family used to own a bunch of mineral rights and if you think about rural Oklahoma what are the two jobs that make you middle class in rural Oklahoma roughnecking or some kind of oil work and teaching and teachers are getting fucked, and they've been getting fucked since before Republicans had ever controlled the state Senate. You know what I mean? They've been getting fucked for longer than all three of us have been alive. For a majority of the time under Democratic Party rule, teachers have been getting screwed. And now the, the relationship to green energy, to oil, and so on is such that Democrats are these boogeymen who want to just do away with oil because no Democrat... At, at the national level or at the Oklahoma level has been pushing this idea of, 
Oklahoma is an energy producing state. We understand that oil makes you these great it makes great jobs and makes people's lives better because you get good money working them. We want to do that with green energy because the oil's going to run out. And that's such an easy economic message to do to say, look at Oklahoma, huh? The oil's going to run out. We want to keep that from happening. Let's dam the rivers. Let's make that our policy. Let's put up wind towers. Let's do solar farms. We can do that in this state. And no one is making that economic argument to get these rural people to vote left wing. It's well, insane. That's like one of the most interesting things to me because um, like where I – the Disney where I grew up, um, world's longest multi-arch dam, massive uh, A New Deal electric. project. Yep. I was about to say it's, it was a public work. Um, and like – the thing is, is about that area is that you still live hand to mouth in a certain way. Like even with those, th- but like, that's the whole reason that like, like the like capitalism has affected it in like the sense that it affects everything. But like it has been, it is still a place where you can still live hand to mouth where the greater effects of urbanization have not been felt. But the point I'm trying to make is that, where, you know, a lot of – there are more effects to be felt from – directly from capitalism in, like, the urban areas because that is the place that capitalism thrives. There is still this population that exists out there. And, like, their politics, I mean, uh, the tribal is a good way to describe them. It's not con- maybe, contemplative. Maybe, maybe uh, not in this specific context should we be calling the politics of rural <laughs> Oklahoma tribal. Oh, maybe not. I feel actually, yeah. About that. <laughs> yeah, not tribal. Ah, uh, I mean that's a common term, term of phrase. I get what and, you mean. And other yeah. contexts is tribal because a lot of rural Oklahoma politics, especially in eastern Oklahoma, are actually tribal, tribal in a different yes. sense. Yeah, um, like they're very actually tribal. I went to a uh, uh, preschool called Wycliffe, which is an Indian name. But that was everything up there was named after. Hell, I mean, Actually, there's a. There's a, a Except for the Mickey a, Mantle Highway, but he lived in Salina. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a restaurant by you that that has its menu in, in Cherokee, right? It's yeah. in Cherokee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Pistol Pats. And I think that's a thing. I think that's a thing too. Is that is that when we read about rural Oklahoma, and the reason this article is so interesting to me, is because rural Okies are going to be deciding the Republican primary and probably who ends up being our governor, right? But there's a very there's a strong left wing tradition in rural Oklahoma. Um, there always has been, and there's also a bunch of rural people. I mean, just just think about uh, Langston, Oklahoma. It's an all black town. There's a history of all black towns that vote left wing. There's a history of of tribal in the in the Native American sense rather than in the in the like uh, tribes as like a sociological thing sense um, of tribes being surprisingly left wing well unsurprisingly I, I yeah, actually think no, left wing and there's also a history of white Okies being very left wing in fact so left wing that we were competing with we were the third most socialist state by party membership at a point in time you know um, and all of that was rural. And, 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 and that stuff is still there. And it, it's so frustrating to me that when we talk about rural voters, when we think about it, that we have ground down people living rurally so intensely that they just think it's not worth it and that they have a good reason to think that. And that now we can't even conceive of, like, left wing as being rural, you know? It's, yeah. it's, so, it's so terrible to me. 
Yeah, and I think one of the important aspects of communism is a breakdown of the federal system anyway. We need smaller states for it to really be sustainable. So I, I think that rural and especially that green living reflected of being rural and having to be efficient um, <clears throat> I saw more efficiency in rural places than I ever saw in urban places. Um, and sure, urban places could churn out massive amounts of plastic goods and whatever else, but uh, I, I saw rice and beans go a whole hell of a lot farther in uh, a rural kitchen than I ever saw it go in an urban kitchen. Well, on that note, everybody... Pay attention to the rural parts of the country. Pay attention to the rural parts of Oklahoma. Let's go build socialism out there, too. For this week's conservative reading series, um, we're back at the Tulsa Beacon, and um, I'm not going to read the title of the editorial because it will become immediately apparent. No, shout out to the Beacon. Shout out. Real recognizes real with the Tulsa Beacon. Holy shit. (laughs) Tulsa Beacon, I see you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat this a bit like a spoken word poem, everybody. <laughs> it really is poetic. It's, it is. It is. The, <clears throat> the composition. It, yeah. Not, we're, not, we're not... You can look at it if you want. Uh, I, struggle to adver- I struggle to advocate giving clicks to the Tulsa Beacon, but... Whatever. This is fucking art, apparently. Um, <clears throat> what is the latest threat to the planet? Plastic straws. No, you gotta say the lime bricks. You gotta say the lime bricks, bro. You gotta say the lime bricks. Wait, just say line break? Yeah, say <laughs> lime break. That doesn't make any sense. Just I'm giving it. dramatic pauses. Fuck you. Fuck you. Who is the biggest culprit? The United States, of course. Everyone can feel where the line break is. Do you see how I have pauses built okay, in? Fuck you. You fuck see you. that? It's working very fuck well. You. Liberal companies all over the country are doing away with plastic straws in an effort to clean up the planet. Like so many progressive causes, there is a sliver of truth to the effort. (laughs) Everyone should be committed to protecting the environment from garbage. Wait, can we roll this back a bit? Because, like, I want to think about this sliver of truth to the effort and compare it to, like, other progressive causes. Like, Like, gays are a little bit human. No, no, like, maybe... Maybe they shouldn't have full, you know, two-liter piss bottles, but transgender people should God. at least have 32-ounce piss bottles. <laughs> they they oh, actually God. just wrote this exact same article when uh, Michael Bloomberg limited soda size in New York. <laughs> like, there should only be 16 ounces, the Lord's number. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Everyone should be committed to protecting the environment from garbage. Plastic lasts a long time. If you throw your garbage into the ocean, it will harm some sea life. All right, good. Like, they're picking up on it. They get the reason why we shouldn't litter, which is cool. Like, that's something. Yeah, that's, that's the good. eighth grader okay. who wrote this needs an editor. <laughs> <laughs> but the environmental extremists, with the full assistance of the liberal news media, think that keeping plastic straws from Americans will solve the problem. It won't. <laughs> see Carl wait, see how that's wait. better than me going line break it won't line break yeah but it's just so stilted that it would make sense to do it you know what I mean oh, it no. is Fuck great you. that this is a series of individual sentences it's, with yeah, a like double space line, line break in between each one but yeah 
wait, wait, wait. I want to say something about that before we keep going. Like, they're right. Getting rid of plastic straws will not solve the environmental problem. It will take full decarbonization by ending the oil industry. Sure, it's true. And maybe it's kind of ridiculous that we think banning plastic straws is a good thing. Like, we should just keep plastic straws and you just... It's illegal to put them in your cup unless people ask for them. Boom. Problem done. There we go. Well, it's yeah. because they came out with that picture of the turtle with the straw in its nose, like, three months ago. Yeah, and everyone we, got all upset about it. But that's, like, every though, piece of plastic. That, that turtle was just trying to do a fucking rail at the club, okay? That's not... That's not, that's not allegedly. No, not allegedly. That I know that turtle. I've seen uh, that turtle. That turtle could sue us for libel. <laughs> yeah. Like, Elf is going to sue us for libel now. Um, uh, I, I I also agree. Like it's not, and yeah, you're right. Ending the car, ending the the carbon, and ending the fossil fuel, fossil no, fuel industry would do that. I've got but, a feeling that the Tulsa Beacon's take is not we need full scale decarbonization and yeah. decapitalization of the energy market. No, the Tulsa let's, Beacon let's is actually um, whenever they deliver. Wait, whenever they deliver their papers to like the coffee shop one Fiesta Mart. And then, like, ORU that has their papers where you can pick them up, they exclusively roll coal the whole way to do it. Oh, <laughs> all uh, they and, do. And, and also, guys, I'll just let you know that you're going to agree with everything this article says. There's nothing you're going to do. This is a perfect no, article by the time Not a beacon. single thing I'm going to say wrong. I'm not like. <clears throat> the United States is the world leader in protecting the environment. We recycle more than any other nation. <laughs> not true north korea recycles every single piece of plastic they have ever used because they are cut off from global trade flows oh i mean it is true that we recycle more than any other nation because we produce like 10 times more garbage than any other nation it's also not something that's cited not something that um it's just has any references fact. or context so uh, well, you know the, the reason guess they say what? that is because the, the u.s has more US golf clubs than any one. other nation <laughs> well, it's just this thing, like, the U.S. is number one, so we don't need to back it up. You know America's number one, so we're the best at recycling. Also, West Texas crude, best oil in the world, by the way. A recent study <laughs> showed that the United States accounts for about 2% of the plastic garbage in the world's oceans. Again, not uh, cited to anything. <laughs> 27% of percentages are made up on the spot. <laughs> the big Holy polluters, shit. like China and India... And don't even, sh Carl, I swear to God, if you start talking about how we exported all of our manufacturing to China and India no. so that we could use slave labor to produce goods at, at, at below minimum wage standards, I don't need to hear it, okay? This isn't what we're talking about. <laughs> don't have enough any serious thoughts about stopping their dumping of plastic and harming whales and fish. <laughs> I just have this image of this, like, whale going through, like, the Pacific Ocean garbage patch. It's like, oh, shit, that's not cruel. That's a bunch of six-pack holders. Fuck. <laughs> oh. The Disney and then, Company <laughs> and Starbucks are jockeying to get credit for eliminating plastic straws. Oh, claiming, those evil liberal companies. Claiming yeah, that the yeah. Claiming that between them, they will get rid of more than a billion straws a year. These and other progressive companies don't have figures on how many straws are recycled. They just want to force consumers into paper straws or no straws at all. Okay, so so the reason, number one, number one, if you look at the stars in the opening to The Lion King, what it says is, be gay, uh, 
communism rules, plastic straws are capitalist hellhole. Uh, that's what it says. That's confirmed. Um, and number two, the real reason they pick these companies is because they're just mad that the big companies don't like conservatives. You know, they're like, I, I went into Starbucks and I said, my name is Robert E. Lee. And they said, no, that's not okay. You can only have one name. And that, and that hurt my feelings. Like, I think it's really funny that they think that the companies give a shit about any sort of politics like this. Like, <laughs> and they're, and they're so capitalist companies. Disney just well, bought like three quarters of the market. Like, they give away the whole fucking thing when they say the Disney company and Starbucks are jockeying to get credit. There's a hundred percent some kind of Obama or a tax credit or some shit. You know, they're like, oh, this will do good with progressives. Because the country, as a general rule, doesn't think we should fucking destroy the environment. So they're like, we'll make more money if we do this. And they're like, no, they shouldn't do that. That's bad. It's so stupid. Are you guys what? ready? You guys no. Ready? No, no, pause. Yes. Uh, what well. does Disney sell that has straws? Disney World? Are you fucking oh, kidding okay. me? I guess that makes like, sense. the biggest vacation spot in the whole country. Yeah, yeah there's but, actually but, like three of them now. Yeah. Yeah, but. but but that's not like Disney makes money off movies. It's the main thing. Make money off cultural not. products. That's not their main. They have to. No, they, they make way it. more money off of Disney World than they do Did off they of. Really? Yeah, yeah, they almost they almost shut the animation studio in like the nineties because it was way more profitable to just run the parks. Well, yeah, but then they figured out you could put uh, the frogs are gay and the stars and, and ideologically <laughs> train everybody. All right, um, all right, all right, all right. We got three more lines, and all of them are straight up gold. This next one, I think, is going to make Carl shit his pants. California banned oh. plastic grocery bags for the same reason. The next step is to make use of plastic straw misdemeanor. <laughs> just like just like a cop. He's like, oh, sir, I'm going to need you to throw that straw away. It's legal. Can't do that here. I, I like uh, the idea of like you, you bump a curb. It's like 1130 at night. The cop pulls you over. Roll down your window. License and registration. He shines the flashlight. Uh, son, is that a straw in your backseat? <laughs> Don't you know? Do you have a license? Do you have a permit for that straw? Son, why didn't you tell me that there was a straw back here? I was not made aware of the fact that is. Uh, the yeah, gentleman like, reached for the sure, straw, sure. and upon his reaching for the straw, I was in reasonable apprehension of fear for my life, and I've pulled I, I, my I, firearm and shot 13 times into the suspect's chest. Uh, well, I had the serial reload. number was filed off of the straw. Uh, it, it was a bendy straw. I had to unload all my magazines on my body into him just to be safe. You don't know. Bendy straws come around corners and get you. Uh, that's actually what Betty Shelby is going to be teaching at that fucking disgusting course she's having now to tell officers how to deal with crisis situations. Uh, pause. <laughs> um, but let's go back to the article, Adam. All right. So, Carl, um, this is a point you brought up earlier. <laughs> Starbucks is banning plastic straws, but will still sell plastic cups and lids. Don't those pollute pollute too? Can you hear with my upward inflection? (laughs) My upward inflection is because they have question marks on things that aren't questions. God. Oh, my God. Like, oh, Starbucks is not progressive. It's a fucking multinational corporation. Oh, my God. It's not a progressive thing. That's capitalism. Starbucks is capitalism, Tulsa Beacon. What do you think they do? Holy shit. God, I'm gonna... I'm gonna... The next time I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'm gonna take a shit on their porch. Fuck you, Tulsa Beacon. So you have to they, do that. I, I don't know why you're getting upset, because they... <laughs> what you just said is how they end the article. 
Like they're on your side, bro, and I really don't feel like you're giving them enough justice. Yeah, like I'm alienating. Fairness. I'm alienating the ideological middle at the Tulsa Beacon. <laughs> Recycling plastic is good. Throwing garbage in the sea is bad. Marketing schemes by Starbucks and Disney won't make a dent in the problem. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that whole line is correct. I, so, you know, shout uh, out to Tulsi. All right, so the moral of, of that story. Disabling industrial capitalism. Criminalized <laughs> straws. Um... I guess I this capitalism like, is bad. So, like the the one the like one out of the three black black kids that go to Bishop Kelly are getting asked by all the white kids, "Yo, man, you know what a bad straw do? Put my hands on some straws." Like that that's gonna happen now. Bro, I got some crazy juice boxes back at my place, but like yeah. the thing is, we don't have any straws. <laughs> <laughs> Like, did you know it's got some straws? Hey man, you gotta. I, really I got a juice box high. up here. You gotta. You gotta straw. Well, it'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> hey, dude, it's so cool that we're friends and like I can pay you for straws, man. It's so cool that you being my friend makes me not racist. But can we only hang out when I need a straw, dude? Oh, you mean last week's article? <clears throat> I uh, know yeah, lots basically. of black yeah. people. Holy shit! I didn't even put that together. That the re, dude, that guy. Oh my god. Oh man, holy shit! I just I just love the idea that like we should ban plastic bags and straws. That's well, we shouldn't ban straws. We shouldn't ban straws because sometimes people might need straws because they help disabled people. But you just you do the business thing where you where you ask, you don't just give it to them. You just say you don't automatically get a straw. And you only get one if you ask. And then this whole problem goes away. Holy shit! Just also just like use things in moderation. Like plastics aren't like necessarily evil. Like plastic is. I mean, like we could even use some oil. Like we could use oil for purposes and like you know get some out of the ground and use it sparingly and efficiently and not just pour it over our faces as we dump it into our cars so that we can go really fast on the highway. Yeah, maybe maybe we could do that. Maybe maybe we could do... It's almost like profit isn't a good indicator of what's good for the planet or communities as a whole. I feel like if you actually... Okay, they have a phone number you can call between Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. I feel like if you call that number and set it, they would straight up be like, no, we have to firebomb like, the first leftist institution they can find, which is Starbucks, which they think is the leftist institution. Um, uh, well, on that wonderful note, would you like to tell us socialist events for the week? <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, like every week, as far as I know, the New Sanctuary Network of Tulsa will be having a protest in front of the David L. Moss Correctional Facility, Oklahoma's only ICE detention center, on Friday, August 31st from 12 to 1220. So uh, go protest ICE. Again, just again. That's basically I say on every episode. Um, Green Country DSA is looking for some canvassing help for a union drive. I don't want to say what industry they're doing in case somehow some capitalist pig listens to this show. Um, and it will be having its next general meeting on September 5th. Uh, and there's going to be a big umbrella homelessness outreach event in Oklahoma City on September 9th. You can contact us for more information about all of that. Um, just let us know. And remember, uh, go get organized, y'all. It's the only way we're going to defeat the Tulsa Beacon and make sure their paper gets turned into a recyclable recyclable toilet paper and okay, not number one they don't becomes print 
They don't print anything, method, bro. They do print. Yes, they do. You they can do. Print print out, to Tulsa I print out all real of their paper. articles oh. and <laughs> give them out in my neighborhood. No, but it's a real paper you can pick up apparently oh at some places. Um, well, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Red Star Over OK. Our subreddit is our Red Star Over Oklahoma. As always, you can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes. Questions, comments, complaints, concerns, uh, lizard talk. Um, if you're an anonymous tipster from deep within the government, near the plasma mines where the lizards keep their eggs, you can email us at redstaroverok at gmail.com. And as always, tell your friends, rate and review on iTunes. See you next week. See you next week. Uh, <laughs>